You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Damian Lillard is on fire. Anthony Simons has turned a corner as well. The defense is bad, though, and the Trailblazers are still foundering around trying to figure out who they are. Welcome to the Blazer Focus Podcast. I am Aaron Fentress of the Oregonian Oregon Live, and I'm joined by Craig Burnback, who has a lot to say about these Blazers, being pessimistic as always, as I have become the eternal optimist on this show, shocking everyone. But Craig, how you doing, my man? I'm not always pessimistic. Just when it's just when it's earned. That's all. I mean, I'm not about to say that Anthony Simons is like. Uh, what were the words you used? I'm not sure. I'll go with David Lillard's on fire, but I'm not so sure about the rest. I'm not sure about anything uh, with the Blazers, other than. Damian Lillard's on fire like that. That is 100% true. And the rest of it to me is still a big mess of, uh, I don't know. And a little <laughs> bit of yuck, a little bit of hope and a lot of just mediocrity, uh, which might be a compliment, might be a compliment. L- listen, you're, you're just being a hater. Cause check this out. They've won three out of four. Yeah. They beat three the out of four. They're turning. <laughs> <laughs> they beat the Spurs, and then hey, they beat the Hawks without their best player. But they, yeah. but they dropped 147 on the Spurs. They beat Utah. That was a quality win. Utah, yeah, they got 60 from Damian Lillard. Took It took 60, but they got the win. Yeah, see, their we'll best see. player. Average forty three points, and they and they uh, and they still managed to lose a game in that in that week. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, it's awesome. They beat the Hawks. 129-125. They gave 125 points to a Hawk team without without the player that averages 30 a game playing. <laughs> okay, but every time the Blazers lose a game, when, even when they lost Lillard, even when other guys are out, we say, oh, they still should be winning. They should figure it out. But now they beat a team. Yeah. Oh, but, oh, they're missing Trey Young. So you can't have, you know, you, you, you got to take hey. the wins when you can get them. I want to, you know, look, that's been my mantra the whole time. Every win matters in this bundled up West. It just depends on whether or not, you know, the Blazers actually want the wins at some point, right? That's the, that's the question. Uh, where do they want to finish? What do they want? What do the Blazers want? Because maybe the victories are going to cost them a, you know, a first round draft pick, but look, I, I give it to him. You win three out of four. Um, and you know, the Spurs game, you can't possibly lose. And they didn't, uh, Good win against Utah, thanks to another history-making performance from Damian Lillard, who's playing out of his mind. Uh, the The Raptors' loss was just a horrible loss. Yes, they had no Nurkic, uh, they had no heart. So there's yeah, the best two rebounders made. were out, and they got torched in rebounding. Yeah, of course, those two came back for Atlanta, and they got torched 
in rebounding in that yeah. game as well. The offensive rebounds they've been giving up and second chance points the last couple of games. Oh, it's all just astounding. It's just and, and look, look I, I got to tell you, when you talk about their best – look, Nurkic is being benched in the Hawks win for almost the entire second half. So he might not have played anyway, and we keep on talking about or hoping that Little is going to be better than Hart and earn his place in the starting lineup. So, yeah, they didn't play, but yuck that the guys who did play, you know, got crushed like that, you know, on the boards – by Toronto, and then everyone played against Atlanta, um, and no one could rebound. And yeah, I, Hart I had twelve. Believe. Hart had twelve, but they still got right. yes. they still got dominated. Yes, right. and gosh, no, right. I don't so, know what they're doing. So I don't know start, what they're doing with Nurk. Let's start. What are they doing with Nurk? <laughs> I don't know. Let's start here. Okay, so you know, as someone who at, I had them at this point, at my first factor Fentress was they'd be top two by this point. <laughs> Clearly. <laughs> Clearly, I accidentally ate like a pan full of edibles because they aren't even close to that. Did I market correct it? I think to top. Did I go straight to top six or top four? I think top six. Four or six. Yeah, and then I market corrected six. to that they wouldn't be kicked out of the NBA. But that win against Atlanta was ginormous in the context of where they are because they avoided falling to four games under. Like in the long season, it's easy to go, oh, you know, the games don't matter, blah, blah, blah. But when you're looking at being four games under or two games under before you go on a three-game trip where you're probably going to lose two out of three at least, I don't see them beating the Memphis, and I can't. I think Chicago's going to handle them. They probably win at Washington. But who knows? They might win all three or lose all three. Maybe. Anyway, Washington's twenty. Washington's twenty four and twenty six. You know, they're, that's that's they're true. That's true. Yeah, yeah they got all the, three. All they, three are losable. They got the same record. Same right. record. All right. So if you go one and two on that, and you go into it four under, you come back five under with with five home games. But you're like at that point, it's just. I mean, I even said to you, if they're six under by the break, uh, and pass the tread deadline, don't make a major move. It might be time to you know tweak things a bit enough to tank the rest of the way. Uh, but so, th- so that was a huge win in terms of them at least trying to find some kind of confidence before they go on the road. They won three or four. Uh, it sounds like already that you don't think this means anything because the Spurs stink and uh, Atlanta didn't have their best player. You'll give them the Utah win, but only because Dane scored 60. Uh, well, that's part of it. So, that's great. So, I, I mean, are you saying then that you just, since the last time we talked, nothing's happened to make you think that maybe there could be some signs of life here? No, no. I don't see any sign. I don't. I mean, they gave up, a, you know, they gave up a ridiculous amount of points in their victories. And to the Spurs, you can't lose to the Spurs. Like, I said it's all of that. I said all of that. And then you go, nah. no. <laughs> and anyone, anyone who saw anything other than Damian Lillard playing out of his mind. I mean, what else did you see? Yes, Anthony Simons hit a wide open three with 20 seconds. Simons has been wide open three. Simons has been balling. Sure. I just wrote 900 yeah, words on how he's been balling. Good, good. I don't. I we see things differently. I see him as being fine and defensively still hurting you and not stepping up to an all star level. Um, well, I think Grant's been good, level. right? No. But that was the hope, right? The hope was that they were going to get this you year. Know, not necessarily. I didn't expect him to okay. be all star this year. But go ahead, continue. Well, I'm just saying I have not. Right now, is he is? Are you? Are you happy with where he is right now? Yeah. I, you I, think it's just fine? Okay. I'm not. I, I don't think it's fine. I don't think it's fine. I think he scores points. I don't think he doesn't, he, pass. I don't think he doesn't pass. He doesn't rebound. He doesn't play make. He doesn't go the hole enough. Okay, and he doesn't play defense. That's what I just wrote about. He, he's had, he had nine assists against Utah, yeah, four yeah. against Toronto, seven 
against Atlanta. So with hold on, hold on those relax. three games. Yep. Relax. I can't relax ever. You so the problem he he's str- he's still trying to find his way in terms of figuring out: Am I a shooting guard? Am I still trying to be a playmaking guard while playing next to an elite point guard? That's not necessarily easy to do. It's not like McCollum was averaging seven assists a game or anything like that. So he's trying to figure that out when Dame doesn't play. And I went back and looked at this. When Dame sat out, he was averaging around six assists per game. When Dame came back, like in one stretch, he went right back to two. And so they're trying to find the balance with him. And so these last few games, his assists have gone up while playing with Lillard. So there's at least a sign there. But you're right. He 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 doesn't always know when to be that guy. Sometimes he settles for threes. Um, but he's way better this season attacking the rim than he's ever been. He's at 62% attacking the rim versus, I think, uh, 54 last year and 45 the year before. He's, he's attacking it way more. I think he only, had to, he only, I think he only had shots inside of five feet last year, like 62 of them. And this year's already like 160 or something like that. So I didn't come into this season thinking he was just going to make this huge jump to all-star level. I thought he this was going to be still a transition year and becoming a first-time, first-year starter. Now, I know you say this was fifth year Whatever you know, the guy you know. I don't talk like he, that. He, he didn't play. In, <laughs> some some people develop differently. He didn't play a lot in his first couple of years, and we see what's happening with someone like Lowry. And you, you see Lowry marking. You see that around the league. So I think where he is right now, I'm cool with it because I still think he's he has room to grow, which is something Chauncey's talking about. So I want to give my and we all know. Hey, we all know I'm a big ant guy, but I'll back it up with numbers and, and facts in this regard. And I will say this: it's not. Every Simons is good, and, and he's, it's not like he's doing anything um, terrible. And some of it is. Like, no one else can play. Playing with Damian Lillard is hard, right? I mean, you're not going to have the ball. And basically, Damian has become, you know, turn back the clock a little bit. He doesn't give, he, he doesn't give up the rock. You know, like, he's got the ball in his hands because he's he should. <laughs> you know, he scored 60 and they won, right? I mean, he's all, right now, he's just playing out of his mind. I mean, he's right. averaging 30 a game. I mean, it's just but, but and still month, averaging se- seven, seven assists. There you go, yeah. You said he didn't give up the rock, but he's... he's no, he's no, I'm just there. saying, like, yes, he gives up the rock for guys to get layups and dunks and maybe wide-open threes, but he doesn't allow for other guys to necessarily play make for long periods of time. It's just right. not... Now, he... At the end of you know the Hawks game, he did. He gave up the rock at times because they were double teaming him right as soon as he got over half court. Because the Hawks were like, no, 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 we got to do something. And he still burned him because of Damian Lillard. Um, so it's not. Look, there is that part that people say this a lot because it's true that it's hard to win big with two small guards leading the way. There's a reason why they say it because it's, it's true. Because it's a fact. <laughs> it's only happened right? once in fifty years. And it was a long time ago when you the won games 80, yeah. 86, 82, right? right? So, I mean, <laughs> and Joe Dumars was a defensive, you know, maestro. And, and exactly. you, yeah, and, and him and Isaiah Thomas, the, the IQ, the basketball IQs on that on that team were so high. And it's a different time. I mean, and they were backed by the greatest defensive front court probably ever. Yes. Yes. I know. Right. I've been preaching and, this for 10 years. And you could win games scoring 92 points a game. Now, if you score 92 points a game, if you're the Blazers, you you lose by 40. You lose by 40. So that's not a thing. Like, and it's really hard to win with with that. So it's not Simon's fault, but it is. It does lead you to the point where you say, okay, they tried this. 
with CJ and Dame. They reached some high levels. They made it to one Western Conference Finals. They won, you know, high 40s, low 50 games, and it didn't get them to the promised land. Can this get you to the promised land? The answer to this might be straight up no. And then what do you do? And that's part of what, you know, the thought process has to be for Joe Cronin. And, uh, but, you know, we got to take a moment. Damian Lillard, I mean, come on. I mean, this guy looks just as good as he's ever looked, if not better. He's scoring points, taking, getting to the line like 15, 20 times, making it, you know, he's not missing threes unless he's taking them for 43 feet and there's two guys on him. I mean, I... If the number one goal was to see Damian Lillard play like an all-star, check that off because Damian Lillard is going to the all-star game. Yeah, he's been phenomenal. Um, This month, 50, a 40, a 44, a 60, a 42, and then several games in the 30s, averaging 34.5, shooting 49% from the field and 37 on threes, which is pretty typical for him on threes, but... He's had just some ridiculous three point nights as well. Um, yeah, no, and he, getting he, to the line, Mike. Yeah, crazy. yeah, yeah like, you know. he's always been great at that. But yeah, he's averaging eleven free throws per game this month, and, and of course, hitting on ninety one percent. So yeah, he's he's going bonkers. And I, and I, you know, what he's what he said is that he just picks and chooses the nights on when he thinks he needs to do whatever it is he needs to do. Uh, and now it's every night he needs to now, do everything. Yeah, and now, well, yeah, because. Now it's to the point where they have to start winning games. And so he can't say, well, let's see if we can run our offense and put ourselves, oh, what, nope, nope, uh, it's not, I, I need to I need to be Damian Lillard and score a lot of yep. points because we're, we're going to be screwed otherwise. And you look, you look at this run he's had and, you know, his lowest scoring output was 30 against Toronto and they lost that game. They lost. Um, yep. So, yeah. He scores, I mean, he scores 50 against Utah, they lose. Right, right, right. Uh, so yeah, I mean, if he, but you know, how long can he continue this? I mean, he's had he's had bursts before where he's gone off for a while, but then it it backs off. I mean, even that that year when they won thirteen in a row in two thousand eighteen, and he was just going crazy. After that, there was like a three week stretch when he was like shooting twenty something percent from three. Um, so you, you wonder how long that's going to last, and that and, when, and if it doesn't last in games when he's not hitting, other people have to step up, and that just hasn't consistently been a thing as of late. But I will, yeah, it, it all, the defense changes. Like, you know, some teams, like the Hawks, you know, they decided in that late in that fourth quarter when they made their run, they just kept throwing two right at, you know, Dame right there. Like, nope, nope, we're not going to let you get set. He still got to the hole a couple times because he split the double team. But, you know, in general, if de- teams decide to, to, you know, put two guys on, on one guy that far, like at the half court <laughs> – like you should get layups from other players, right? But you can't shoot threes consistently when guys are guarding like that. And um, you know, thank goodness the Jazz didn't, you know, do that early enough. And when the Hawks did it, um, really that one huge shot, Simons, that was a backbreaker. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's impossible for Damian Lillard to continue to play at this level if he doesn't get help, right? If no one else is a threat. Um, and Grant's been, you know, Grant's been consistently, you know, pretty good, even though he dropped off from three, but he's still above 40%. Um, but yeah, I think that Lillard's just, now if you're Lillard, I really, I don't know where his mindset is. You know, I know he got a little hostile after the one game, that one loss and, 
in typical Damian Lillard fashion, uh, did it in a you know a pretty classy way to rebuff uh, questions about what the team should do. But I don't patience. know what's in it. That, that's the thing that set yeah. him off. Yes, it was just you know saying, "Oh yeah, we're probably gonna have a trade. We're probably gonna do something. Yeah, it's fine." Then someone said, "You know, how's your patience?" As if he might lose his cool and start making threats right. and demands, and that's what pissed him off. And that right. and I, like and 12, I'm, and I, and 12 I was years. positive that question was asked by a visiting journalist. It wasn't. It was a New York cool. New York Times guy. It was a New York Times. It was guy. a New York Times. Guy. Yeah, I knew a New York Times guy was there, and someone else was there too. But anyway, and I when the dude asked the question, I was just like, ah, shit, here we go. <laughs> right away, he yeah. Like, why are you asking me this? And right. I'm thinking, Twelve I'm years. The same thing. Why are you asking this now? Um, but you know, if you're an out of town guy, and the national story with anything Blazers is what's going to happen with Lillard. That's the national narrative that anyone cares. Well, about. and and most most players at this point would be frustrated, and no one could blame Damian Lillard right now at his age with this team where they are. If he looked at it and said, "You know what? I don't. We're not going to win anything this year, and I don't think we're going to win anything next year." And then I'm 35, right? So let's just do it. Um, He's just different. And, uh, you know, we know if he were to do that, he wasn't going to do it in that press conference. So it's a wasted question, right? So um, it's a bait. It's, but, a bait. it's a bait question. And, you know, you thinking he might bite and he didn't. Sure. You do your job. You ask. He doesn't have to yeah. answer and he didn't. Right. You know, so more you are going to ask that question because you got to see him every day. <laughs> I'm not saying well, you're afraid, pl- but well, you know what I mean? But you've no, asked no. it so many right. times. Right. And you Plus, would in a different, in a different, you wouldn't done it right after the loss probably in the press conference well yeah you know, and plus like, i have a different mindset because i've had conversations behind the right. scenes about this kind of stuff and i sort of years. know what the point like huh at 12 years i mean damon lillard's been patient for 12 years well, He's not going to run out because of one loss right but well i don't think he meant because of one loss i think he meant because of where they are right now but the plan has always been through next summer. And I think Damien has made it clear yeah. that he's, he's, he's down with that plan. So the idea that now he's losing patience and they better do something or else, this doesn't make any sense for anybody. Not, not even for him. He just spent the entire, and I want to swear so badly. He just spent an entire year literally answering the question about loyalty every single day to the point where before media day, remember I like, put, I not demanded, but I put a request on Twitter that no one ask him about his loyalty if we can get to the entire press conference. And we did because it's just, you know, the shoe drops, it'll drop. But I think it drops in the summer. If they get through the trade deadline in the summer and they, they're the same team going into next year, I think that's when the franchise and Lillard have to wonder, okay, is it time to do something? You know, and if they decide it's not, then they're both basically relegating themselves to the idea that they're probably never going to contend during his timeline unless Sharp completely blows up. Because, and as much as I like Ant, at the end of the day, Unless you really can get a, another six, I think like you need a six ten. Like if you got Siakam, if you got Siakam to play alongside Nurk and Grant with Damon Ant, I think you got a shot. But you have to have size between those two. Otherwise, it's just not a championship match. And again, I'm not being critical. We just talked about the only team that ever went with a duo like that: Bad Boy Pistons, great defensive team with two guys who star guards who play defense. These two do not play plus defense. So in my mind, that leads me to believe that either Damian's going to get traded if they can't find another guy, and not the Blazers getting rid of him, but Damian and them having a mutual agreement that this should happen, and then answer lead guard, or, dare I say it, you may have to trade Anthony. Yeah, I just don't know. Uh, you know, trading Anthony seems to me 
um, a viable option if you can find someone who plays, you know, the three or the five, which isn't good. Or the four, because Grant can go to the three. Sure, sure, sure. But, you know, perfect world grants your three, right? Because you're going to build up that height. Like, you get Siakam. You know, you're not going to get every science for Siakam is not going to happen, right? That's not going to be enough. So, but then if you did, there you go, right? Then then Grant's your three, Siakam's your four, Nurk's your, you know, your five, and Damien's your one, like you're you start already in a you different sharp off the bench, yeah, or whatever. Hart's gone because he's not going to be. It doesn't matter. Like then you fill in the you fill in the blanks with the others, but you you're basing your you know you have three guys um, to base on in a decent center, which you know I don't know if that's true with Nurkic uh, long term or short term, but yeah. But that's the thing. I don't know what Anthony Simons can get you right now, and that that leads us to you know where I want to ask you: What are your expectations? You know, as we head. Uh, you know, a little over a week before the trade trade deadline. I mean, what do you expect them to do, and what can they do? Well, it's you know, everyone knows they're trying to make moves. They they've declared that since Cronin took over that every yep. chance there is to make a trade, they're going to look into it. I just went through the you know process of saying to a source, "Hey, you guys making moves? We're trying." You know, just to have just to have someone from the organization say it to me personally, even though it's pretty obvious. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, they're, they're trying to do something. They know they have to do something now or the summer. Um, I definitely think Hart is in play because he has a, a, of a mutual option there. Um, <clears throat> to resign him, I mean, do you value him at 1820 if that's what it takes to keep him? I don't know. I don't, I, I don't believe no. you're going to contend with a combination of a, a six foot three shooting guard and a six foot four small forward because that just adds to the, the problem of, of being too small. So to me, if, if he's if you keep him, well, he's a backup on a contending team, period. And are you going to want to pay a backup that much? Or like if I could keep him at 10, 12, I'd keep him. Because he, if he's coming off the bench, you're loving that. He can play some two, three, one. He can defend. Uh, but that's probably not going to be the case. So it seems like he would be the guy to go. Apparently, they're, they're you know, they're at least kicking the tires on Nurk. I don't know who's going to want Nurk. Everyone sees how expensive he or not expensive, how inconsistency, inconsistent he is. He has three years left on his deal. So who knows what they can get there? You have to make sure you get a big bag. Who's giving up a big as good or better to get him? I don't know. Uh, so yeah, I, I think it's going to be interesting. You know, to me, in a perfect world, those two combined are making about twenty eight. If you can find a team looking to get rid of twenty eight million, thirty million dollars a year, because <clears throat> you can, or maybe even forty, because you can throw in Watford and Brown or whatever to match salaries. Uh, then you can maybe pull off a deal to to add another star caliber player who's at least Grant or better, which is basically what the Blazers were doing in reverse last season when they moved yep. CJ, CJ. Right, they were moving their thirty five million dollar a year player to get him off the books and clear the runway for Anthony, and then they took back a trade exception and a pick that they flipped into Grant. So uh, I think that's the kind of deal they're looking for, and those things pop. And this is going to be an off season, I think, where we're going to see. I think everyone thinks this, that we're going to see a lot of teams shifting to tank mode pretty quickly because it's such a deep draft. It's basically two drafts worth of players because you have the kids who were one and done who are coming out, and then you have the kids who don't have to go to college anymore because the one and done's gone. So that's two classes filled with, you know, top 10 picks. So basically, it should be, you know, if let's say there were eight can't miss, not eight can't miss, but eight stars that you think could be in one draft and then eight in another, well, now you got 16. So if you can just get into the lottery, you're going to get what would be a top 10 pick in any 
in, in, in either of these last two drafts. You get what I'm saying? Uh, so I think there's going to be dudes available. Who, where, when, I don't know for sure, but teams are always trying to dump salary. So take your Knicks. I mean, could they be ready to give up on Julius Randle? No. No? Okay, I'm just saying. But if that were the case, then they'd be, <laughs> they could be looking to move him for an expiring contract and maybe they'll take Nurkic. Who knows? You know, I'm just saying that's the kind of thing you're looking for. A, a player out there that fits what you want, playing for a team that wants to move him in its contract, and then you can pounce. So everything you said is true. Um, the one issue, there's two issues when I look at it is, one, there's so many teams right now, both in the West and the East, they're so bundled up. Like, there's so much mediocrity. Uh People who are going to choose to tank um, are going to have to do it while they're still technically in contention to make the playoffs, right? You know, the Knicks aren't going to tank um, right now because they they got to make the playoffs in, in their in their world. I mean, uh, the West is a is kind of a crazy mess. Like the Lakers aren't going to tank, and they're behind the Blazers. So the Blazers are the team that kind of if if you're not in the Portland Blazers world, you look at the Blazers, you're like. Well, they should probably tank because if they don't, they lose the first round pick. And um, so, I and you're right. There could be teams that are just looking to dump salary. But there's so many teams that um, that are feel they're close and closer maybe and have bet more picks or better players than the Blazers. I think it's going to be hard for the Blazers to be able to find a deal um, to get a, an all-star caliber player because I just don't – they just don't have a, a lot of pieces right now. I mean, Hart is a, you know basically an expiring deal. Um, you don't really – do you trade Simons? Because that's, that's a guy. But Nurkic is – like you said, is anyone going to really look at Nurkic? Nasir Little's got a great contract. If you were good – you know, but right now he's not going to help. A, I don't know how much a, a team on the cusp or a team that either a team on the cusp or a team that is looking to to really get, you know, to start over and young. Maybe they take a risk on little, but they're not looking at that guy as a, a building block. And you're not trading. So in my opinion, you're not trading sharp. You're not Unless trading you- Damien. Right. But you're not trading sharp. Like, it's just not going to happen. Like. Because you're not going to get equal value for that. I mean, you're you can't take that risk, in my opinion. Sure, if you could get Siakam, go ahead. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, but that you know, I just I, that's still a risk, and I don't see the Raptors. Maybe I don't know. That, that that's a matchup I don't see either side really wanting to do. Um, I don't know if they're going to be willing to trade Simons. That's the only piece that I don't know where Joe Cronin and his crew's heads at. Because to me, Simons is a guy that's still young enough, good enough for a team to say, "Hey, that could be our that could be our all star point guard or borderline all star guard, lead guard." Um, and Grant, you know, Grant's this piece that you're not trading him, but you're praying like heck that he resigns with you. And <laughs> you know what I mean? Like everyone's like, "Oh, well, you could give him more money." He says he wants to stay here. You got his bird rice. All those things are true. All signs point to Grant re-signing with the Blazers. But LaMarcus Aldridge didn't. <laughs> so there's always that. He has all the power. If he wants to take a little less money to go play somewhere else, he can. Or, you know, so I think you just have to be conscious of the fact that if this team loses Grant, 
and doesn't make another major move, like, you know, they're 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 back to being awful. And I don't know if they can make a move. I think the summer's where it's going to have to happen, and they're going to have to make smaller moves that will probably make them less competitive, but hopefully build their, um, you know, build their resources for the summer. Get some, you know, maybe get some picks, get some young guys somewhere. I don't know. I mean, you talk well, about the one, Knicks. One of those resources could be their pick if it's a lottery pick. If they exactly. Make the playoffs. One, yeah. Exactly. And if they do make the playoffs and they don't get that lottery pick, up, you know, Right. And then where are they? Then Chicago's got more, you know, ability to make trades. I mean, you talk about the Knicks. The Knicks got tons of young bigs and young players that people like Obi Toppin's a guy that is can go in a starting lineup and pro, and people could say, well, he'll average 15 and 10. He could shoot the three a little bit. Nasir Little can't. And guess what? Nasir Little's six foot what? I don't know how tall five. he is. He's, five. Right. But he, he's. He's way taller than the other six foot five guys on the Blazers. So like, you know, so like, I don't know. But I mean, Obi Toppin's a you know a power forward. You know, he's six nine and long. So that's where I'm looking at the Blazers, and I want to know where's Joe Cronin's head at because Blazer fans want you to trade Nurk, tra- trade Hart, get something great. And I'm like, why? Why would somebody give you something great for those pieces? They're not. And well, okay, but. Teams do. And, well, we got to define what great means. But we just saw the Blazers give up CJ for trade exception hard in a pit. Like so, things like that can materialize. That's all I'm saying. And I think that's what their hope is. I'm not saying it's going to happen. Apparently, OG is available. Toronto's willing to maybe move him. That's you know that would be the absolute perfect fit. What's it going to take? You know, is it going to take Ant? Do they want Ant? I don't know. Do you want to give up Ant for OG? To me, I yeah, and I that's it, what pains, I'm, it that, pains me to that's say what I'm that. There you but go. if I can go from six two to six seven, or six three to six seven, then I think I'm better just from the added length in size. As much as that would pain me to see them do that, but you know, and I, then, I agree. It, it's going to take Simons though. That's the problem. It's going to take Simons, and then guess what? You're not that you're. You're probably are you better this year? Probably not. Cause who play you know, who plays the two? Who gives you scoring? Well, if Hart's not gone, Hart would. Or if Hart right, is but not, he can't. If Hart is yeah, gone, he's not What? If he's the if he's the true two guard, I think he can he'll be better at scoring than he is now. But anyway, course, well, he if can't Hart's be much gone, worse. If, or maybe you just bring Hart off the bench because he can back up the two and the three and you just start sharp and say, Screw it, we're starting sharp. We're going right, Dame, exactly. Sharp, OG, Which, Grant, Nurkic. Boom. And you don't I think, and you I think do you're not, better. You, Am I wrong? I don't know. I hope you're not. You know, I hope you're not because then if you make that, I think that's a smart trade, right? I, I have no problem with that trade. I think it's smart because, yes, eventually you hope Sharp to be, if Sharp's your two, you're long. And and then you get the, but I want you not to be, if I'm a Blazer fan, and it's hard to say this, I want you to get the pick, right? Because then you get the 13th pick. Or, 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 you know, who knows? I mean, the top 10, possibly a top 10 pick, which you're in this deep draft, and suddenly you, maybe you have uh, next year Sharps a starter, made huge strides. You know, you got a big man in, in, in OB, and then you have this other piece with a high ceiling. If you make that trade and then you make the playoffs and you don't get a first-round draft pick, now where are you, right? I don't know. So I would say in a perfect world, if you were designing this without having to live through it and sell tickets and somehow, you know, 
somehow articulated to Dame so he doesn't get frustrated. I think your best case scenario is make that trade with Toronto, play Sharp at the two, you know, have a bigger, you know, forward position, get that lottery pick, pick another guy, or take that lottery pick and turn it into, you know, something amazing, right? I don't know, Paul George, you know, and then you go for a championship, you know, uh, possibly. Um, but I think if you do that trade, then make the playoffs and don't have a lottery pick, you're, I don't know how advanced you are, and I know you're struggling to score points. Um, and I don't know where Dame is in that. I mean, the Dame no, apparently, issue. Apparently, Ants, allegedly, Ants on the untouchable list, meaning you better come with something huge. Right. You know, but yeah. again, if he's untouchable, I don't know how you're going to get your player. And dump salaries happens. You're right. But there's so many teams out there that that are thinking they that are in similar record wise or a little bit better than the Blazers and have made some big moves last year that they would possibly, you know, uh, that that heart. You know that you know Hart and Nurkic ain't gonna get it done because they could do better, even if it's dumping salary, and they could get a pick. And the Blazers can't do that. Um, you know they can't include their first round draft pick. So I would Simons is your. That's where I'm at. Is if Cronin's in a place where Simons is is untouchable, I do not see a significant trade happening until the. Well, I, I I don't think Simons or Sharp are untouchable. It would have to just be knock your socks off deal. Look, I'm cool if Sharp's untouchable. I'm cool with that. You know, unless yeah, it's ridiculous. Kevin. Well, I mean, unless it's Kevin Durant. Well, then right? you're not you untouchable. I mean? Right, of course. But sure, I'd trade LeBron. I'd get LeBron at 38 right now and put him with Dame. <laughs> see what happens. You know what I mean? I got three years probably. They probably have the same window. Uh, but yes, you know, I, I, of course. But I'm saying I don't. There aren't the people that you'd get for Sharp you're not going to get for sharp that you would say are not untouchable. You're not going to, I mean, you could, you know, Kyrie is uh, on a level there that maybe they trade him because of who he is, but you don't want him because you already got that. So you're looking at, I mean, Siakam for sharp. Where are you at? Done. Yeah. I mean, I'm if, cool. If with my that, goal is I, to win with Lillard, I don't care yeah. what sharp's going to be from 24 on. Oh, you care a little bit. Doesn't you matter. care a little? No, not, a little. Not, if my, not if my goal is to win. I got you, but Dang. but you don't want to trade Michael. You don't want to trade Michael Jordan. <laughs> you know, I'm just saying, like you know, he's six seven, can fly. If he can, if he can learn to hit a little bunny turnaround jumper, Who's you six, got seven? Michael. Who's six seven? How, what is he? Six six? Six four and a half. You think, out, of, oh, really? out, of his, out of his own mouth. Okay, All he's right. not so six. six he's not close. I told you the story. But he's Did I tell you the story about when I first met yeah. him. We were, I was yeah. like, he ain't no six six. <laughs> I went double negative. But he's if I go double to negative, that means I'm incredulous. <laughs> <laughs> he ain't no six six. Yeah, I, I you if you trade sharp, you're gonna worry a little. I mean, you have to. I mean, you're looking at a guy that you know. Someone, some say, if he played in college, would have been the number one overall pick, and he's shown signs of. Look, he's playing not almost 20 minutes a game, and sure, he's still got major, major issues on defense and some serious issues on offense. But he's doing some things, Aaron, that you're like, oh, oh, you got that dunks. No, he's come through, changed hands. He has shown he's shooting. He's skilled. He's skilled. His his um. It's a long way from skill to Michael. Is Anthony Edwards Michael? 
is you saw you saw the Jonathan Murray to me is freaking phenomenal. That could be that could be Sharp's ceiling. I'd rather have I'd rather have Siakam. I'm not saying Sharp can't be great. He can be any Sharp's gonna be any Sharp's floor is Bonzi. All right, that's his floor for me. Bonzi was really really good, but he never hopefully not. Hopefully not on the floor as much well, as Bonzi, if you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> well, yeah, but Bonzi never put it together. I mean, he's admitted this. He never yes. put it together immensely, yes, right? of course. So his floor to me is Bonzi. And then his ceiling is, you know, Edwards or uh, more athletic clay. You know what I mean? It's like something like that. But if I can get Siakam, who already is an all-star caliber big, to play with Lillard in this window... And my commitment is to try you. and win with Lillard. Then yes, I would make that deal and worry about whatever Sharp becomes later because it's not like I'm never going to draft again. <laughs> you know? I'm not, look, I'm not mad at you for that. I'm I'm probably with you. Here's I just other, don't think they'll do, they'll do it. I don't right. think they'll do it. But if I were Toronto, I'd do it. Yeah, if you're trying, to, re, team if you're trying the, to restart, but let well, me ask you or, this. What, or not, you know, or just keep moving it up a level because you already got you have other. You have you have repeat positions with Siakam. Right. You know we're talking about trading for the other one that can just move in there, and then suddenly you have you know this you know possibly young phenom, and you're sitting there at mediocrity too, below mediocrity. Right. So why not? So yeah, and you got and, a really good GM. And the other thing with Sharp, um, maybe he develops, becomes really good, and doesn't want to stay in Portland. <laughs> right. Yep. Wouldn't be the first time. Exactly. So we don't know what's going to happen with that kid. We all believe he could be really, really good, but if my focus is the next three years with Dame, I make that trade. And I and I'm I'm with you, but the, all that this comes down to is that what we're talking about is if you're going to get a odds are if you're going to get you know that that next level guy, you're going to have to give up somebody that people are going to it's going to hurt. You know, you're not going to get it for Nurkic and Hart. Um, so. If you do, I'm, sorry, I'm looking around. You can't get Nurk, Nurkic heart in some picks. I don't know. I'm just saying you never but know. Where, you know I mean, who I, I want? Even, you know how I really want them to get? I don't think Utah would do it. Would be marketing. If they could get Lowry right. first, first, oh my god, he would be perfect. But the way he's yeah, playing, but now if, yeah, but Utah's got they got they got billboards. They got billboards. Cheap. They can't he's take cheap. He's only making sixteen yeah. million a year. Which there, there, there's no reason for Utah to trade him. You know, what I mean, like, uh, you know, and he's because he's not old. You know what I mean? Like, so uh, they're not, they wouldn't. But yes, of course. And look, Julius Randle will be great. But why would the, you know, the Knicks aren't going to give him, they might give him up for, I don't know if they give him up for Sharp. I don't even know. But like that, that's the part where you're, everything has to fit. But Nurkic, Hart, and some picks. Well, other teams have so many more, you know, have the pick now for this draft. And the Blazers don't. And like you said, this draft is going to, you know, if you're making a, a move to get rid of an all-star, you're probably going to be able to get somebody to give you a pick this year. Um, but look, you know, you're right. Crazy stuff happens. Crazy stuff happens in the NBA where the problem is there's not enough – right now there's not no there's not that disgruntled guy, right? You don't have that guy that wants out. You know, George has wanted out a couple times. And, you know, Carmelo wanted out. He was the original want-out guy. Um, so – and you well, know, OG, OG allegedly wants out, and then yeah, but he's not that apparently next Atlanta's level guy. no, I know. Well, he <coughs> John then, Collins, John Collins, you know, is someone who's yeah, available. and and both those guys would be great additions to the Blazers, but they'd also be great additions to so many other teams that might be able to you know send a first round draft pick for this year. But if you could get either one of those guys, and John Collins can learn to shoot the three again, um, 
you know, you're in great shape. Oh God, it's just like a different player from two years ago. Like, ooh, ooh, like you were wide open, dude. Like you could have broken <laughs> that game wide open. Like the Blazers could have lost that game if he could make two threes. So, um, so real quick, work on Grant. I I, I think his <laughs> yeah. relationship with Dame pretty much assures that he's going to stay, and he's not he's not a clout seeker. He's not a, a, a big city chasing kind of guy. Like I I think, I think he's going to take a nice deal and stay here with Dame. But I also think that if he resigns, that that would be a clear sign that Damien is committed to staying and seeing this thing through. I don't think that Dame's going to say, hey, Grant, stay with me. And then, oh, wait, I'm leaving. <laughs> right? Um, so I do I do think, I mean, I, I was just saying that, yeah, they're at their mercy. But I think it's almost like the Norman Powell thing where they traded for Norman Powell and he's going to be a free agent. But it was like, is he really going to leave? And he allegedly talked to some other teams, including your Knicks. But at the end of the day, he took the five years, 90. He got the he got the most years the most money right. and he stayed put. So I think the same thing's gonna happen. And then got man. and then they got rid of him. And then they well well, Neil didn't get rid of him. Olshay didn't right. get rid of him. Right. Cronin and company got rid of him. But he but he landed in a good spot. There's no doubt. He sure did. In LA. Um, okay, before we before we blast off here, three game trip: Memphis, Washington, Bulls. Three games in four days. They won all three. They come back up a game over five hundred. <laughs> If they lose just one, they'll be just one game under 500. If they lose two, they'll be back to three. If they lose all three, oh, my God, disaster. They're five games under. What do you think is going to happen? What's your call? You know, I would bet on one and one and two, and and you, but uh, I think you're a – you have a much better chance of going 0-3 than 3-0. Like, I don't – there's no chance in my mind they go 3-0. and um, And I don't know where you get to – you know, going 2-1 and one is going to take – you know, 60, 64 <laughs> from Damian Lillard. Yeah. You know? I, think they're one, like, I think they're one and one going to Chicago. I think they beat the Wizards. They lose to Memphis. They're one and one going to Chicago. <clears throat> and Chicago offensively just eats up bad defensive teams. Uh, so I think they lose that. So I think they're one and two. Yeah, I mean, I, w- I would bet on one and two. And I would say be careful because, um, you know, the Wizards are playing decent basketball. And – you know they're seven and three in their last ten, and they've won six in a row. So they're due. You know you're right. They're due. <laughs> they're not very good. They're not very good, but they've won six in a row, right? right. So uh, and the Bulls, um, I'm you know are not are doing what they're just doing what they've done all year. They're right around five hundred in the last. They're five and five in their last ten. They're twenty three and twenty six. Look, I don't. I don't. I don't sit here. I'm not going to sit here and tell you why the Wizards have won six in a row. Um, because, but I would just say that why would you think, you know, the Wizards are going to be favored? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's it, if they won six in a row, they're 24 and 26. The Blazers are 24 and 26 and playing in Washington, right? So, um, I, I, you know, you're going to have to, you're going to be an underdog in all three of these games unless there's injuries. And, so you're gonna have to to win, but that's where you're at. You're you we're basically saying the Blazers are gonna go one and two against you know two mediocre teams because they're mediocre too. Yeah, they are mediocre and they're on the road. They're, I've given up on this on calling this team good until they win. Until they win, like they've won three out of four. Okay, that's that's nice. But until they win like six or seven in a row, like the Wizards just did. You know, until they get above 500 by a couple of games. And yeah, they're just mediocre. They are what they are. Yeah. And I don't see that, you know, I just look, they're right where I thought they were going to be, you know, fighting for 500 record in that, 
you know, that middle ground between, okay. you know, 38 and, you know, 45 wins, you know, 38, 42, 43 wins. And it looks like they'll be the under. Um, I just don't but, know what to – I don't know what, what I'm rooting for anymore with this team. That's the part that's yeah, hard. I'm just saying, like, they're also – other than Dame, I mean, you, you say, like, people go nuts about Sharps dunks because it's something. <laughs> but you can't say this team can't rattle off six or seven in a row when you just – Talked about the Wizards doing that. They were 18 and 26. And I'm sure there were a bunch yep. of people going, oh, this team sucks. Blah, blah, blah. They lost four to four to five. But before losing a f- uh, five out of six, before that, they won five in a row. Then they lost five out of six. Then they won six in a row. So if they can do it, the Blazers can do it. And when I see evidence of that, I'll go back to saying they're good. But I'm jumping off the bandwagon where I was making excuses for them because they're just irritating me. Yeah, I just look at the NBA <laughs> and their schedule, and I just don't see places where they can win six in a row, you know. I just don't. I mean, I like they're they're not going to be. Uh, if they beat Memphis, okay, then maybe. If they go to Memphis and win, uh, okay. If they beat Memphis, Washington, Chicago, great. But guess what? Then they got to play the Bucks. Oh, then they have to play the Warriors. Oh, then they play. They could beat Oklahoma City and lost the, the Lakers. But they also lost to both those teams last time they played. Yeah, they could beat Washington. Look, Sacramento keeps on just just punching me in the face because they keep winning, right? So. Um, they they sure as heck could beat Oklahoma City, Clip, uh, Oklahoma City Lakers, Wizards, Kings, Houston. They can win those games. They 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 could, but they're winnable games. But then on the outside of those are Golden State. So, but if this team ever won five games in a row at this point, I would say, oh, okay, this is a different team. Things are different. Yeah. But they haven't done it. They haven't done it this uh, season. Right, they're, because they're not they're they defensively they Yeah, because yeah, defensively they they can't you know, they want they've won three in a row in December and it was against two wins against Minnesota and one against the Spurs. You know, their other winning streak, three games, was by far, you know, back November, uh they started the year with four straight wins, and that by far is their best stretch. It's not even close. It's mind-boggling when you look at it now. They beat the Kings at Sacramento, Phoenix at home, at the Lakers. And Denver. Blew out Denver at home. I mean Championship. <laughs> I'm just saying, like that that first four games of the year. And then since then, you know, beating Miami, Charlotte, and New Orleans well, on but, the road but then was they, amazing. Yeah, and they yeah, exactly. They, they were nine and three, and they haven't been anywhere close to that team since then. So anyway, all right. Anything else you want to drop? No, no. All oh, right. good. We I feel I feel good about this. I I feel we uh, battled enough, but we agree on a lot. Yeah, I don't like agreeing with you. That makes me question the sanity. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> thanks for listening to the Blazer Focus podcast. We will be back next week after this three game road trip. Be sure to click that subscribe button and give us a positive rating. We appreciate that, and we'll catch you next week. <clears throat> Excuse me.